I got one thing to say. This is when the big dogs come out. Okay? Can't roll the big dogs. Stay on the board. It's time. Live. Let's rock this place. Let's have some fun. In the entertainment capital of the world, it's the T.C. Martin Show. We are seeing a special performance tonight. Diagnosis, prognosis, osmosis. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. I want to know what the hell he's smoking. The doctor is now in. Hour number two, glad to have you here. T.C. Martin with you on this Thunderous Thursday edition. Appreciate Tim Brando for joining us. Uh, always good talking with Timmy B. You never know where the conversation is going to go, whether it's football, basketball, music, the old school, of course. And uh, this hour, Scott Sprites is going to join us. We start handicapping this weekend. All right. And our next guest, we may get him in our best bet segment as well, too, because I think he knows a thing or two about handicapping football. He knows a lot about a lot, and we're talking about D-Lo Brown. He is in the house joining us now, and of course, how can you not remember D-Lo Brown from his days back in the WWE, six-plus years there, the Intercontinental Champion, the former European Champion. Wait, I got a problem with this. My European Champion. WWE is in Hartford, Connecticut. D-Lo, there's no, should not even be a European champion. You got it not once, not twice, not three times the lady like Lionel Richie, but four times. What the heck is that? I got to represent the entire world. There's a whole other continent in northern, in your northern hemisphere, so we got to represent everybody. I'm the greatest European champ of all time. How's your German? Let's hear some. Bro, no, no, no. I can't, bro, I can't break it <laughs> Come out Come on, here. bro. Give me some bro, French. Bro, 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 bro. <laughs> See, we had a failure to communicate here. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we have. A failure to communicate. That's it. Oh, man. I take the nation of domination uh, over to Italy. It went, uh, you damn right. Wait, wait, wait. We'll, we'll wreck shop in, in Milan. Come on, bro. <laughs> there you go, right? Uh, what is happening, brother? Man, I'm doing great, man. Uh, out here representing Impact Wrestling and, yeah. and and loving the Vegas life. Been out here for a few years, so uh, I'm a Las Vegan. We just figured that out in the break. I'm a Las Vegan. You're now. a local now, I'm man. a local now. You know, it's so funny because going back in the day, and I'm going to show a little bit of my age and stuff, but you know, back when I was doing my thing and promoting and bringing these wrestlers in, nobody was from here. Right. I had to spend a ton of money flying everybody in, and it's so funny now half of that roster that worked for me, they're living here now. You know, I, I moved to Las Vegas, and I hate to say this, but none of the boys live here. Right. You know, it was like there was like three people. You right. know, Godfather was here, yep. a couple local promoters, right? Yep. I moved here within six months. <laughs> I got Jake the Snake living right? here, and Greg Valentine right? living here, and Mox is living here, mm-hmm. and Brian Cage is living mm-hmm. here, and it's like... God, guys, leave me alone. I left Florida. You're the one that did it? We got, brought, we got you to blame? I'm like, I'm like a magnet. I brought it back, I brought yeah. it back from Florida and California, and we all met here in Vegas. There it is. There it is. See? That's it. And, and it's funny, too, because when I first moved back here in, in 2015, I had no idea that, it, that Jake and Hammer and those guys yeah. were here. And like I said, you know, going back in the day and... All that fun, but uh, yeah, there's so many guys. I mean, Sabu's here, RVD, and you know, uh, you know they Oscar come... lives here as well. Yeah, that's right. I so, mean, this, this right. city is full of yeah. now of wrestling talent. This has become the old Florida, the old Tampa, Florida. It is the old really? Tampa area. Right? All the boys you know, live Tom... in Tampa. And, and right. Okay, there's two common things: tax-free state. There you go. Quote, quote. Sure. That helps out. Yeah. Bingo. Yeah. Um, yeah. That helps out a lot. And then the weather here. Some people don't like the heat, but when you're 
you're you're beating your body up 300 days a year. This is the weather here is really good on your joints. Right. So um, it's nice to walk outside in 95 degrees and not have to worry about being stiff or anything. So that's why I think a lot of the boys uh, have chosen Vegas. You were an East Coast guy, right? I was born and raised in New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm an East Coast guy through and through. See, you transplant. You're sitting well, 3,000 miles away. You're coming to the good life. Yeah, I don't have to shovel snow out here, so Thank it's you. okay. I, I'll, I can I'll relate. Take it. I'll I, take it. I did that for 12 years in Green Bay, so I can relate. I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry for you. <laughs> D'Lo Brown in the house. Let's go back to the roots, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. How did it start for you getting in the business? Um, started off, uh, I, I left college. Uh, I was working in New York, uh, and I would drive home down the South Jersey uh, with my friends, and they were still backyard wrestling. Yeah. Um, driving through the turnpike, huh? Yeah, going down the turnpike. <laughs> you know it well. Uh, exit 7 on the turnpike. Um, so we would go, we would, uh, I would go out and backyard wrestle with them. So, and then once every couple months, we would rent a ring from a guy named Larry Sharp on some monster factory, um, a perennial uh, enhancement talent from, you know, the, the mid eighties. Right. No so, relation to Iron Mike, by no the way. No relation to Iron Mike Sharp because Larry. <laughs> Canada's greatest athlete. Canada's greatest athlete. Larry didn't have the broken arm. Right. Um, so we rented a ring one time uh, and he, you know, normally he would, he would get the money and just drive away because he didn't care. He got his 300 bucks and gone. Um, one time he decided to stick around and watch. He goes, hey, you're pretty athletic. You ever uh, think about doing this for real? And I said, me? Yeah. And he goes, okay, sell 50 tickets. You can be on my next show. (laughs) So I sold four, bought the other 46 myself, and the rest is history. Wow. And that's that's how I got my step into professional wrestling. And you, you impressed. It, I am. I impressed. Enough. And you had fifty people screaming your name too. No, no, I had four. You had four. The other forty-six came out of my bank account. So you didn't even like give them to people. No, I just bought the tickets and gave them the money. <laughs> there it is. I'm invested in myself here. <laughs> I thought you okay. I was going with okay. You bought them, and here you go. Boom, no. grandma, auntie, come on. Here you go. He didn't care if they showed up or not. He just wanted the the four hundred and sixty dollars. Of course, exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. Wow. So let's talk about, then you went into the WWE. Went to WWE. Uh, of course. Yep. The Nation of Domination, which yes. everybody uh, remembers you from. Mm-hmm. Let's go back. How did that start? Because that actually didn't start in the WWE. That started no. what, what uh, U.S. Uh, it, it, was orig- it was the first version was USWA. Right. Where they tried yeah. it out a little bit. Right. Okay. Um, and then the Nation came into the WWF at the time in late 96. I joined. I still appreciate the F, by the way. I, I I'm do. old school. I do so. too. I want yeah. the F back in. There you go. Um, uh, <laughs> boom. I joined uh, January of 97, and that came about because um, I had a connection with Cornette and Jim Ross through Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Uh, mm-hmm. And so when an opportunity presented itself to have this guy who could just basically get beat up, they go, oh, we got a guy, D'Lo. Take a bump, D'Lo. So D'Lo went and. D'Lo the jobber. D'Lo the jobber. <laughs> and the, for my first appearance was getting. there. That was my, no foot, no foot on the rope, bro. That was my theme music forever. <laughs> um, uh, and so uh, that was that first night in where I took that Perler plunge from Ahmed Johnson on top of the Lincoln, and Vince loved me after that point. And you know, once you make Vince happy, that's the, that's kind of all you have to do. Right, right. How did you like uh, working with him for all that time, Vince? Yeah. Um, you know what? You can tell like it is. He is what he is. Yeah. I mean, he's a businessman. He'll never ask you to do anything that he's not willing to do himself. And at the end of the day, it's all about his bottom line. Right. Now, um, do, do you get, you know, you think it's family? or it, it, No, not really. Do you think he's a great fan man? Or, you know, he's a, he's a businessman. That's all he does. He's about making money and putting stars on TV to make more money. And that's pretty much it. And as long as you accept that and understand that, 
Life is pretty easy. Mm-hmm. You're doing that gimmick and everything. How much heat did you get? Uh, just not from fans, but from people in the business as well, too. I think the people, in the, the boys in the business just looked at it and laughed. And they were right. like, I can't believe you guys are doing this and getting away with this. This is awesome. Keep right. doing it. Because right. the boys, we like messing with the real world. Mm-hmm. We like messing with the outside world. So when you get a, a, a gimmick that really gets under people's, you know, under people's skin, everyone gets behind it and just enjoys it. So it's it's kind of like let's collectively watch everyone right. everyone you know shiver and, and get in the corner and what the hell are you doing? So the boys loved it. But from a fan's perspective, now, fans' perspective, yeah, they, I'm sure they you got want, some stories for oh, us. Oh, they wanted to kill us. Yeah. They wanted to kill us, and and it was because you know you, you pretty much have a group of you have a group of, of black guys telling white people how bad they are. Right. So it's not what you're used to on national TV. So, um, yeah, you, you heard it at home, at home in the streets. And, you know, the, I lived in Florida at times, so the store there called Publix, you'd hear it. I would walk in Publix and be like, oh, yeah, nation, I'm not here to protect you now. That kind of stuff. Right. Um, but, you know, that lets you know you're connecting to people. Yes. Because I'd rather have somebody say it to me in, in the supermarket than say nothing at all. Right. So it was okay. And anybody that, that probably knows you too, they probably say, "What well, that that's you? That's the I mean again, talk about you know being an actor, turning it on, turning it off, and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. I mean, that uh th- that that's funny. Anyone who knows me my and I use the term real life, anytime somebody right. knows me outside the ring right. and then saw me on TV could not believe that was the same individual. Right. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, that's not you. Yeah. It's not me, but that's what I'm paid to do. Right. You don't so talk it, like that. It, it, is, it is me when I'm on TV and don't tell anybody anything different. When the red light goes on. Here you go. Red light means green. There, there, there you go. There it is. Well, you know, back in the day, you know, when you cut yourself, yeah. red means green. Red means green. There you go. So, all right. All right. D'Lo Brown uh, in the house. Uh, famous for the head shake as well. Yes. Now, you know, I'm a Northern California guy, so you know where I'm going with this. Uh-huh. You know, Merton Hanks, yep. 49ers, DB, 36. Yes, there it is. Sir. Is that where you got it? That or is... or did you get it from Friday? Or where did you get it from? It is actually a combo. Com- it's a combination of Friday, Chris Tucker, you and Merton Hanks. Then that's where the scene where it came from, because I could do it right over top of Debo standing over there. But um, See, Merton gave more of the chicken, though. And that's, know, where, you know the, saying? that's yeah. where the strut came in. Okay. So the you. strut down to the ring was Merton Hanks. That's right. all Merton Hanks. And if you look at that and look at Merton Hanks, you go, oh, I see it. Now, wait a minute. You're a Jersey guy, probably Jets-Giants guy. I don't know. Maybe you got you pegged for Steelers. What are you knowing about the 49ers back in the day, Merton Hanks? Okay, so back in the day, full right. disclosure, right. like, okay, now we can see any NFL game. We can see any game on the planet. But back in the day, you got your one local game. Right. And then you got your 4 o'clock game. My 4 o'clock game was always a West Coast game. Nine times out of ten, the 49ers were good. True. So we always got a Niner game or a Cowboy game. Mm-hmm. Or if the Niners, by God, would play the Cowboys, the East Coast would go crazy. Right. So – I, I saw the 49ers as much as I saw the Eagles or the Jets or the Giants because they were always the afternoon game. So Merton Hanks was, was, a, was balling out back then. <laughs> so that was an impressionable thing, yeah. you know, on a young, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14-year-old, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's where it all came from. When you ever toured, did you ever get a chance to meet him? No, I I've I've come close once. Okay, but you never... want me to hook it up for you, bro? If you can get me with Merton Hanks, I would like to okay. go. Thank you for the inspiration. Okay, we can do that. All right, let's let's do that. There, I'm, I'm good. All right, I'm good. D'Lo and Merton, there we go. Okay, I'm good. And then, with that. and then we could have like the uh, the head bob off. How's that? Well, Is he that... he'd win. He's got the uh, he's got the um the patent on that one. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, obviously. 
the um, Vice Network with the Dark Side of the Ring story mm-hmm. yes. is, is, you know, that's been going on now for a, a few years with mm-hmm. a lot of seasons. Are you a fan of what they're doing there as far as kind of telling these dark side about the business? A uh, fan or not a fan of this? Uh, I kind of like because, you know, the, you've got these stories that have been floating out in the, you know, in the ethos there of wrestling lore. So it's nice to get a little insight um, mm-hmm. on some of these stories and actually hear, instead of it being just, you know, um, folklore, let's get some, let's put some legitimacy to it. So I'm, I'm a big fan of the work they're doing. All right. Um, Plane Ride from Hell. Oh, God. You get a chance to see that. Uh, I have not seen it yet, but I've heard tremendous. Like I've heard a lot about now, it. Now, were you involved? I mean, you were you were it, around that time. You yes. were you were you were there. I was were in- you on the plane ride, D'Lo? Fortunately for me, I was not on the plane ride from hell. I was off that tour. So for me, I'm, I consider myself one of the lucky ones. <laughs> I will just put it like that. I consider myself one of the lucky ones that I wasn't on that tour. So when people bring that up, is that something you just say, hey, man, that's, I, I'm, I'm, I'm staying away from that, or you, you ever talk about it? I always go, guys, not my rodeo. Wasn't there. Right. Wasn't there. I can't speak on it if I wasn't there. I mean, aren't you glad you weren't there? I am. You cannot imagine how yeah. glad I am I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> State of wrestling today, what do you think it is? Now, obviously, now we've got, you know, we, you've got, you know, before, you know, Vince would have the, 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 the domination, basically. Mm-hmm. And one of my proudest moments, so you know, uh, back in the day, was when Vince sent me a cease and desist. So it threatened me with a lawsuit. Really? Because I brought the Ultimate Warrior, you know, out here. Uh-huh. And they were feuding. And Vince said, you cannot use the term Ultimate Warrior. You cannot use him on your shows. And I thought, I was pretty proud of that, you uh, know. Yeah, that's, that's a good moment uh, yeah, for you. Yeah, it was a good moment for me. There it is. But back in those days, you know, you had the independence. You had that sort of thing. You had the WCW. But now it seems like, you know, then he was open to kind of playing ball with everybody, letting some of these independents go. So where do you think this is now with Vince and the WWE and everything? Um, in terms of the state of the business right now, yeah. I, I think – Right now, is it feels like somewhat of a renaissance of wrestling, um, because you have these, and let's take let's put WWE aside. Let's talk about the open door policy that's between AEW, Impact, New Japan, AAA. Um, when you get companies like that that are working together, willing to lend their stars to someone else's TV show, to me. Wrestling wins and the fans win. And if that's the case, then you're going to create more eyes and, and, and more viewers and more people coming up to see shows and more excitement because you get these dream matches that, you know, two years ago, no one ever thought was possible. I mean, by God, Kenny Omega was wrestling and, and was the Impact World's Champion. Now Christian Cage is the Impact World's Champion. I mean, think about that. I mean, and here's a guy who works for AEW. He's under contract with their company, yet he is our Impact World Champion. That says a lot. Right. About the state of business, because that would have never happened. You couldn't even mention another company's name on TV five exactly. years ago. The Forbidden Door. Right? Yeah, so you the know? Forbidden Door is wide they open, open now, yeah. and and it's a free flow of of, of, of talent and, and companies going back and forth. And I love it. I think it's it's a win win for for wrestling and for the fans and. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Right. And you're a product of that right now with Impact Wrestling. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're an executive. Yeah. Right? There it is. Don't tell anybody. Pr- producer, commentator. Yes. Pro- you know, what, uh, own, probably own stake in the company. Uh, don't. <laughs> come on, bro. This is Vegas. What stays here? You know, come on. Oh, it's all right. That's not breaking news. There it is. <laughs> oh, by the way, RVD says, ask D-Lo when you talk to him, why'd he fire me? I didn't <laughs> fire you. <laughs> 
He's listening right now, bro. I'm telling you. Rob, I love you. Come on, Doc. You know I almost invited Rob to come down. And you should have. Uh, next time. Next time. Man, I got some I didn't know. Stars. I didn't know if you guys were going to start throwing down. No, well, I'm, just, I'm, God, I'm some, playing. We, no. no, Rob, a lot of respect. He loves you. It's Vegas. We sit in the car and smoke. Of course. Wait a minute. Did yeah. I say that out loud? Oh, it's, it's, bro. I'm low-key faded, <laughs> bro. It's perfectly fine. <laughs> You understand? He's a sponsor of this show. Hey. RBD CBD. There we go. We can get D'Lo Brown to endorse it, too. Hey, I took my RB, RBD CBD this morning when I woke up. So as I wake up, I take a squeeze of it. Two dro- uh, Look, 10 drops under my tongue. Come on, RBD. There it is. He hooked me up with a year ago. Zip. I haven't stopped using it. There you go. Exactly. So, all right. So, ne- so next time, you have to have an invitation back now. Bring, Bro. Bring I'm, RBD back in. I'm just going to drive by. You'll see me waving at the window. Yeah. Can I come in? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't fire him? No, I didn't. I was Well, I, I get it. It was me. You were, you're on the call. Come I was on. on the call. I was on the call. There you go. But that's I'm come not, on, man. I'm, I'm not the one. I was on the call. I know. I know. I know you didn't. I was on the call. I love R. Yeah. I love Rob. Come on, man. I, you know, I just told him. I said, "Come on, bro. It's because you're too expensive. That's all." Bro, he's high dollar. He's exactly. He's, high dollar. he's a high rent district. Bro, bro. Pay that man his money. <laughs> he, he, he's he's like a month mortgage just to drive by your house. <laughs> right. <laughs> but deserve, deservedly deserve so. It. Worth every, every dollar. Look, every dollar that brother get, he's earned for every frog splash. So I ain't yeah. ever complain. <laughs> Impact coming to town here, October yes, the twenty third, Samstown Live. You know we've. You guys have been there, uh, you know, numerous times the past few years and everything. In a huge event, Bound for Glory, mm-hmm. coming uh, October the twenty third. Uh, give us, give us a little taste of uh, impact on October twenty third at Samstown Live. I mean, right up the top of the bat, you've got you've got Christian Cage defending the world's mm-hmm. title uh, uh, in a match where I, I don't know what can happen. I don't know what the outcome will be. But when you got a guy like Josh Alexander, who is a, a perpetual wrestler, he's 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 a buzzsaw, and he's been on this tremendous role for the last you know nine months. Um, you're gonna put those two guys in the ring who just both of them scream professional wrestling, mm. and and now you're gonna put them in, t- in the ring for the world championship. I, I I cannot wait. Like I tell everybody as an announcer, I've got the best seat in the house because I get to sit <laughs> ringside. I don't got to pay for that seat. I'm sitting <laughs> ringside, and I get to see the action 12 feet away from me, and that is amazing. Um, and then we're bringing you know, some of the great stars. Deanna Perrazzo is going to take on Mickey James. Mickey James is going to wrestle for the Impact Knockouts Women's Championship. I mean, that says a lot. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to, to October 23rd, the day after my birthday, by the way. Oh, really? Yes, sir. There so, I, I get a home game the yeah. day after my birthday. So, the, <laughs> the hangover will be okay. I don't have to get on a plane. Very nice. All right. Impact Wrestling back here in Las Vegas. Uh, uh, also, you know, we're talking about the, the 23rd. Then also, uh, you got stuff on uh, the 24th and 25th at Samstown Lives, too, right? With, yeah, we'll be, we'll be right. filming uh, yep. Impact TV shows on the right. 24th, 25th. So, um, come on out, be part of our national broadcast, be seen by everybody all over the world, um, and, and, and just be part of the action, part of the fun, see what excitement, see what spills, thrills are going to happen. I mean, it's going to be a, a great three days, and it's it literally the first time Impact has traveled outside of our adopted home of, of, Na- of Nashville for the first time in, since the pandemic has started. So, we're looking forward to getting out into the world. We're looking out to being around our people, our fans, and just entertaining in what is the, the entertainment capital of the world. 
All right. Impact shows the 23rd, 24th, 25th, and you can get tickets. Tell people how they can uh, get tickets. Obviously, go to the website, go right? To, go to yeah. impactwrestling.com yeah. right now. Um, you'd be happy to get you any kind of tickets you, lead, you need. I mean, there's plenty of good seats available. It's um, a nice venue. Sounds Live is a great venue for it that. Is a good, for those who live in the yeah. city, it's out on the east side. You may, we all don't like to drive to the east side. Yes, but when you get inside, Samstown is There are a people nice that live venue. on the east side, too, D-Lo. Not, yeah, they live there. I'm not they can walk there. You I'm, know? Not, I'm not talking to them. Yeah, or you're not? No, they're, no. They're, they're listening. They're, right already, they're already coming to okay. the show. They're already going to be there. Summerlin, get out there. That's what I'm talk- take, take bus number nine or whatever it is. I'm talking to Summerlin. I'm talking yeah. to the Highlands. Let's go. Come on. I'm talking old Henderson. Let's drive on out to Samstown. Support Impact Wrestling. I guarantee you, if you get Impact Wrestling a shot, a chance, an opportunity, we will impress you. Right. You can do it. That's right. <laughs> and, and, and this show reaches everywhere. I mean, we're go. You know, we're we're nationwide here. And we'll, let's want to take a phone call or two. Let's go. Let's, do that. Let's hook you it never up. know where they're calling from let's here, go. but there you go. So get out here to Vegas. D'Lo Brown in the house here. All right, uh, let's go to the phones. Uh, Philip, what do you got, brother? What's, what's up, DC? What's Hi. up? Dio Brown, Philip, what up, dog? How you doing? Good. How are you, bro? I can't. I'm living the dream. I can't be any better. Hey, Dilo, uh, man, I'm a big wrestling fan. Love WWE, TNA, Impact, and AEW. Mm-hmm. And uh, you had the best fro- uh, frog splash move. And uh, was that chest protector you wore? Well, it like, kind of looked like a catcher's gear. Yeah. What was that uh, that you wore? And then, like my favorite, um, my favorite theme music of you is you're looking at the real deal now. And then when you did that head, when you did that head bob, and then um, uh, I liked when you and X Pac like fought for the European Championship, mm-hmm. and just wanted to say that. And I hope you could come out to Sacramento or Stockton. Uh, that's where I'm located. I'm in Galt, California. It's by Sacramento and Stockton. And we got real real big wrestling fans over here. And then uh, one more thing. can you, I'm one of the Special Olympics athletes. Can you give my soccer team a shout-out? I know the wrestlers, you guys are so good to us, too, the Special Olympics athletes. Thanks, TC and D-Lo. Mm-hmm. Well, appreciate it, man. First of all, i got to tell you, because there was a lot to unpack there. Yes. Um, there was a lot to unpack. Uh, I know there's a lot of tremendous wrestling fans in, in Northern California. I love going out there, whether it be Sacramento, San Fran, Oakland. Love being out there. So I can't wait to go back out there at some point in the future. Um, thank you for being a fan. I will argue against me having the best frog splash. Um, <laughs> right. I, I will. The say, guy we were just talking about probably has that, yes, right? And, and I will say I'm lucky to just be in the conversation. <laughs> so I feel honored just to be in the conversation. Right. But, you know, in no particular order, Eddie Guerrero, RVD, Art Bar had much better frog splashes than me. Um, in terms of of just me and X Pac, my favorite opponent to be in the ring. I tell everybody that X Pac and I could have had a match, a great match in a phone booth. That was our chemistry. Okay. We didn't need much room. Just just put us together and we're ready to go. So I appreciate you, Philip, and uh, big shout out to your soccer team out there. Special Olympians have a, a, a warm place in my heart. So appreciate you, dog. Yeah, excellent stuff. All right, what about the catcher's gear? What, 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 what the chest protector? That was there. that was just to make people mad. Yeah, that was a Jim Ross idea, and he goes, "You need something that's going to separate you because you're a good wrestler, but you need something to separate you from the other good wrestlers." So that's where the chest protector came, and um, I didn't want to do it at first. Turned out to be the greatest decision I ever had in wrestling because. You know, here twenty years later, we still get we're getting calls right. about it on the radio. Right. So it right. it worked out. 
it worked and, out. And you never know at that point in time like what a gimmick can do for you, for a positive or a negative, but I, really for the most part for a positive. I thought I was going to be the laughing stock of the business. I was like, yeah. I, I remember telling my, my fiance time, I was like, babe, they're going to call me Johnny Bench. Right. Like, <laughs> like, That's, I, was just, I was just trying to think of a catcher. Go Johnny Bench, Thurman Munson, you're an East Coast guy. So I was yeah. thinking somewhere like that, you know? You know, Mike Piazza. I mean, babe, yeah. I was like, babe, they're going to laugh at me. They're going to laugh yeah. at me. And I didn't want to do it at first. And then she goes, you know, try it. If you try it, it fails, then it's a bad idea. But if you don't try it, then it's your fault for not trying it. And I was like, okay. And then I went with it. And like I said, 20 years later, we're fielding phone calls here. Uh, and and it was the greatest thing that ever happened in my career. Worst gimmick of all time. Oh, for me or for anybody? Anybody. Not you. <sighs> wow. Can I nominate Goldust? No, see, I like Goldust. Did you? Even people uncomfortable. I think like the gobbledygooker. There you like go. when a chicken appears yeah. out of a box, that's See, kind of bad. Is that Vince? Who, who came up with that? I, I don't know. Seriously, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to hang that L on somebody. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who that one belongs to. <laughs> but man, somebody really messed up with the gobbledygooker. Yeah. See that? That's what just drove me away when we got too goofy. Yeah. Yeah. Too, too much went, nonsense. It and it cartoon. bothered. It bothered me with guys. That, that, you know, that uh, didn't wear the tights and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like Mr. Hughes, he used to work for me, okay? Yeah. Love Curtis. Yes. You, good worker, all that stuff. But it's like, bro, for, look, gotta lose the whole tie bit and the, and, and the, the white shirt and the pants. Yeah, I'm just not feeling that, you yeah. know? The street look only works for a couple people. Like John Cena's made a living of getting away with right. that. That's kind of his, his niche. Uh, to some extent, The Undertaker's kind of exactly. skirted on that. One of the but, first. But, yeah. you're, but you're talking. You know, I, I'm talking rarefied air. I, I can't even count on one hand yeah. the number of guys that it worked for, as opposed to the thousands that it didn't work true. for. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's always an exception to the rule, but I'm a big proponent of if you're going in the ring, look like a wrestler. Exactly. I don't want. I don't want my. I don't want my newspaper guy in the ring. <laughs> I don't want my guy who works at Burger King. <laughs> I want someone who looks like a wrestler. Somebody I want to go. Wow, I'd like to be him. Can you imagine D'Lo in a singlet? I want to see him in the singlet. Oh, no. The, the, the old Bobby the Brain Heenan with, with a singlet. Or Andre the Giant. No, the one strap. No, I'll pass on that. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> can't see it. I no. just can't see it. No, that's why I wore a full one because I called it my belly protector. Right. Because it covered everything. <laughs> you're looking good, man. How, uh, how often do you get back in the ring? Don't anymore. Really? I, I have. What uh, did it for you to say, that's it, I'm done? Uh, old age. I'm yeah. 50 years old and I don't. Come on. 50 yes. ain't nothing. Hey, come on. Today's 50 is, uh, you know, come on, man. Yep. The, the, the new 30. Tell that to the guy who's who's jumped off the top rope 300 times that's a year. True. That's true. That, you 50, 50 quick kicks up we really quickly and... Uh, Whew. No, I'm I'm happy to be uh, sitting at the announce desk and doing color commentating, and uh, I love. I mean, think about it. I have the best job in the world where I get to talk about the thing I love. Yes, I get to talk every week about the thing I love, and there's nothing greater than that. Great stuff, man. Great getting a chance to to see you, man. Wish uh, we, I'm, 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 I wish it happened sooner, but I'm glad it happened now. Yeah, and now now we've got the the doors open, man. You got the open invite anytime. And, and, and you you're local. I mean, come on, bro. Next time I bring Rob with me, we'll do it. I'll yeah. go pick him up, drive by, bring him here. We're, we're, you'll never get rid of us. Yeah, yeah. Be here the whole show. That's the way it usually is with Rob. We usually can't get rid of him. That's the problem, you know. He's here, hey. he's here every other week. You know, it's like, dude, you, you can put that down. You don't need to light that up in here. You know, hey, well, you 
no, it's just, all good. It's a public service. He's helping everybody out. Exactly. HBO, no. help Love a brother it. out. Yeah, there you go. Puff give. Puff Puff give. <laughs> Impact coming here to Samstown Live here in Las Vegas, October 23rd, 24th, 25th. Get your tickets. Go to, to Impact. Go to ImpactWrestling.com. Yes, sir. And get tickets right now. And I guarantee you, Impact is going to knock the socks off Las Vegas 23, 24, and 25 October. Great stuff. D. Low Brown in the house. A pleasure, my man. The nation of domination. We hit it all. Hit it all day. We're going to hit some more when we come back next time. All right. Awesome. All right. Impact Wrestling, again, October 23rd, 24th, 25th, here at Sam's Town Live. We come back. Scott Sprites is going to join us. We start handicapping some winners for the weekend. It's the, the Dr. Doctor. T.C. Martin. You say I'm insane. I say thank you very much. The doctor is now in. Don't forget, come on out. See us tomorrow. Cosmopolitan in Las Vegas. 2 to 4 p.m. Best bet segment and more. Showtime. Sean Porter in the house tomorrow. That's right. A little break in train. Come visit us as he's getting ready for the fight of his life, biggest fight in the his career, biggest fight in his opponent's career, Terrence Crawford, Sean Porter. It's happening. It is on Top Rank Boxing, presenting it at the Mandalay Bay on Saturday, November 20th. Showtime, Sean P. will be in the house tomorrow at Cosmopolitan. Love it when he joins us. And I'm sure he'll have his Cleveland's Browns gear on tomorrow as well, too. There you go. And how much you want to bet the Browns will be in the best bets? For Showtime tomorrow, no doubt. Come on by, see the show, meet Showtime Sean P. Have a great time uh, with that. I want to thank D'Lo Brown for joining us. Talk a little wrestling, a little impact. Remember, they're coming to Samstown Live uh, 23rd, 24th, 25th of October. We will have plenty of tickets to give away for that. Tim Brando, appreciate him joining us earlier on. And now that takes us to our man, Scott I want to say Showtime, but that wouldn't be good. Uh, we need a, we need a middle a middle name for you, Scott. What is the what is the adjective? Scott Blank Spritzer. A triple S. Can I get a triple S? Yeah. Well, here you go. You could use uh, Jack Snow's old name for me. He used to just call me Smash Mouth. Oh, there you go. Not to be confused uh, with uh, the the bad group of whatever the early nineties, right? We were on TV doing that. Jack Snow coined the term before they even got known. So there, there you go. go. And I used to say I was as hot as, you know, I was so hot I was walking on the sun, you know, and then they come out with that song. So I'm assuming they got it from me watching a football show. Of course that's where they got it. No doubt about it. All right, man. Uh, I got to ask you, wait, 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 yeah. see if I can. I got to ask you sure, one thing. Sure. Um, you know, I'm a big boxing fan, but I got it. You know, and I always root for Sean. Man, Bud, Bud's from my, he's from my backyard. He's from my hometown. I know. Do you, Omaha. Do, you have, do you have a prediction of the fight yet, or are we going to wait it out a little bit? We're going to wait it out a little bit, and once we get a little bit closer and see the guys train a little bit, uh, here's the deal. I mean, you know how I feel about Showtime. I, I love how he trains, and I love his style, that bulldog mentality. He will fight anybody. He will mix it up with anybody. He usually has a very good game plan. But with Terrence Bud Crawford, uh, this guy is is so good with sticking and jabbing. He's got tremendous footwork, and uh, you know I, I I love him. I, I do. However, the big question mark in this fight is 
how is he going to respond to Sean's style? Because Terrence Crawford has never faced anybody like Sean, and he hasn't fought anybody at the level of Sean. I mean, think about if you go back and look at, at Terrence Crawford's resume, Scott. I mean, he a lot of people have ducked him, and because of that Al Heyman situation with PBC, all of those welterweights under that same umbrella with Al Heyman. You know, he hasn't been able to fight those guys, and he's wanted to. Bob Arum has tried to make the fights, but as we know, it is tough in the politics of boxing, and I've never seen one camp have, you know, what, four, five welterweights and all top welterweights in the world, and there's Terrence Crawford sitting under this other canopy at top rank. And again, it's it's no fault of, of Bob's and no fault of, of Terrence, but, you know, those guys weren't willing to play. It reminds me of TC. It reminds me. I'm so glad we're going to see this fight because obviously I'm a Crawford fan and I like Sean Porter too. And I've met him when I've been with you, you know, in person in your show a couple of times. And you know, nothing but a gentleman. I really enjoy his fights. I want to see Crawford in this fight because it reminds me. Of, I mean, I'm going back in the day now, and I know you'll know this name, but there might be a lot of casual boxing fans who don't recognize the name, but Mike, the body snatcher McCallum. Oh, yeah. And we're talking about a different fighter, but we're talking about a guy who can never get the top fighters to fight him. Mm-hmm. You know, they, and, and it's like, man, you just kept waiting and waiting and hoping that the body snatcher was going to get a big name fight. And it just like his career went away without really getting, you know, more than one real big fight. And I was just like, gosh, can we get Bud Crawford in there against somebody at a level that he deserves to fight at, you know, so I'm, I'm really excited about it. Yeah. Mike, a great guy too. I mean, you know, Mike uh, moved back here going back in the nineties and uh, you're right. He couldn't get those huge fights, but just a great fighter and a great guy as well too. Yeah. So good stuff, man. Yeah. Well, of course we'll be talking more about that. And then, you know, tomorrow we'll get uh, a chance to talk with Sean and get his thoughts on this. And remember, this is a fight we talked to Sean about, going back two years ago when Terrence Crawford didn't want to fight him. And both of these guys did not want to fight each other because of the solid friendship that they had. And they're they're both cut from the same cloth. They're both Midwest guys and, uh, you know, both pretty humble guys. And, you know, Sean has developed a bigger personality because of just the way he comes across. And then the television stuff he's been doing with Fox and NBC and all that stuff, you know, doing the Olympic coverage. And Terrence is just one of those guys that just, he's never really felt media friendly, media savvy to a certain degree, but they're both very, very humble. They're both big family guys. And I think, and you know, again, you could speak to this, you know, being from that part of the country, that's, that's rooted in you. And both these guys have still carried that with them. It absolutely helps a lot. You know, I grew up there. I, I did move away from home after high school, so I've been in Vegas longer than I was growing up in the Omaha area. But it is. I mean, it's family. It's, you know, respect your elders. It's respect the people you meet, all that kind of stuff, And unless they give you a reason not to. So this is one of those fights where we don't have a heel, man. I mean, it's like it's true. we got two guys that we're rooting for, you know, and obviously if I make a wager that I am definitely going to be rooting for one or the other. But, uh, no, I can't wait to see it, and they're both – you know, they're both cut from that cloth, that Midwestern cloth. And, and uh, again, it does make a difference, I think. And, and I enjoy Sean, by the way. You know, the, the broadcast that he does when he's on Fox, I mean, he's been terrific. And, boy, it's just hard to root against either one of these guys. I agree. Totally agree. All right. Let's talk a little uh, football, Scott. Uh, you, I don't even know. If we, do we want to even talk about tonight's NFL football game unless you feel strong about a side? But hey, here we go again. Thursday night football, Jacksonville, Cincinnati. Understand Cincinnati is going to be probably the hot pick here, but they're laying seven and a half. 
Uh, Burrow looks good. He's hooked up with Chase again. Their LSU days, but this Jacksonville team, man, I, I I can't think anything good to say about this team, and I can't back them. Well, I was looking for an over under on how many people will be watching the game that don't have a bet on the game. I mean, it's you know, it's going to be minuscule. Uh, take the under three and a half, you know. But uh, listen, like most, I'm a Joe Burrow fan. Uh, but the Bengals are inflated. It's due to public perception, and the public does make a difference in these standalone games. And this line was six last week, for example. Uh, the Bengals, they're expected to be without four starters tonight, including their wide receiver, T. Higgins, who did miss last week, but he had 10 receptions in the first couple of games of the season. He's an important part of this Joe Burrow-led offense, and they're going to be missing him. Four guys and all four starters, shorthanded in the secondary. Listen, I don't want to go off and say the Jags are ready for a win, but they are getting close. They led by Arizona by nine late in the third quarter last week before falling 31-19. to So if you grab the points with Jacksonville, you're just hoping that they hang around and, and Trevor Lawrence doesn't make that big costly interception or bad decision, which cost them last week against Arizona. But at seven and a half, there's two ways of thought on this one. Thursday night teams that are laying more than a touchdown have been great against the spread. I think it's 14-3-1 last 18 times. The Bengals haven't been a favorite, not just a favorite of a touchdown, but a favorite at all in the last 16 games and just twice in their last 21 games. So, listen, I took a little shot. I took the Jaguars plus the 7.5. All right. You know what we do got tonight, Scott? I know you're a big WNBA fan. Aces in Game 2. Uh, did you get any action in Game 1? And uh, are you interested in Game 2 tonight? I had Chicago and got a win in game one. I, I really didn't expect Chicago to get that outright win, TC, but I took the points and they ended up hanging. I always sweat. When I'm on an underdog, especially in overtime, and I start sweating profusely. Uh, so they hung on and got the win outright, by the way. But tonight, I actually grabbed the six and a half, the Phoenix small play. Um, somewhat of a surprise, obviously, in the semifinals of this team. But listen, they put on that great performance against Seattle. They booked the spot of the semis. Uh, they had 90 points in game one. You know, most of those points, I think that was the most points given up by the Aces all season. You would know that, but memory, if memory serves correctly. Uh, but this was, you know, almost all from the starting lineup. Uh, they need their bench to get going in this series if they're going to have a chance to win outright. But I do expect a bit of a change for Phoenix TC. I, I think they're going to slow down Las Vegas a little bit from what we saw the other night. And I think six and a half is worth taking. Now, Last I saw, and it's been over an hour since I looked, but I saw that number creeping down a little bit. It was down to basically six in most spots, and that's what I'm seeing right now. There's still a few six-and-a-halves out there, but if you like Vegas, you can find enough sixes in town. All right, looking forward to that uh, tonight, uh, 7 o'clock, uh, tipping it off at the Mandalay Bay. 9,000 fans are going to be in attendance. They had 7,000, 7,009 to be exact on Tuesday, Scott, for game one, and uh, we're expecting 9,000 tonight at the Michelob Ultra Arena. Yeah, I was going to say, I watched the second half the other night, and it looked like, I mean, I thought there was even more than that. So, and and a very loud crowd, which is great for the Aces, but uh, hoping they're not too loud tonight. I want an Aces (laughs) win, but just do it by six or fewer, all right? I'll see what I can do about that. There you go, guys. There it is. All right, obviously the game of the week in the NFL, it's Tampa Bay, New England. The story here, of course, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick. Before we start handicapping that game, Tom Brady spoke today regarding the matchup. Let's hear what Tom had to say. Yeah, we had a great relationship. Um, I think everything was handled the right way. You know, we handled everything as gracefully as we could. Um, it was an amazing, like I said, time, and um, it was handled. It was handled perfectly. I think everyone understood, you know, where we're at, the people involved in the situation, and um, 
you know, things worked out for the best for, for all of us. And we're all trying to do the best we can do now. It's what happens in life. You know, you go through these experiences, you don't know what life's going to lead. And I think the only thing I know how to do is give it all I can, you know, in every day moment and the people who really bet on me, you know, and, and I want to do really well for them. And, um, Jason and Bruce, I think them coming into my life and, you know, saying, Hey, we really want you to be here. It's been an amazing thing for me. So, um, I'm just excited to go up there and, and try to beat a really great football team. That's ultimately what this week's about. It's not about the quarterback. It's not about, you know, the fans or the home crowd or relationships of 20 years. It's about two good football teams going at it. And, um, we've got to, we got to do a great job. You know, it's going to be a huge test. Last week was a huge test. We didn't quite meet it. This is another huge test. We got to go meet the challenge. All right. Two things uh, about that. First, I, I love the way he came out. He spoke about it. And, you know, just didn't kind of just shove it away. I mean, he addressed it and said, listen, this is, this is about this football game. I'm looking forward to it. Let, let's make it about the game itself. And then another portion of the clip he said a little bit later, he says, hey, you know, those guys, they're still my friends. They know I'm coming to kick their butt this week. So, and he laughed about that. And, and, and again, I appreciate Tom Brady. I think he is winning more and more fans over since he left New England. And again, he's enjoying life, but he has no problem saying, Hey guys, you know, let's, let's, let's still be juvenile about this. You know, I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to the game. You know, we know Belichick's not looking forward to the hype. Tom probably doesn't really like talking about it, but let's just get it out there, talk about it, and now let's play some football. Yeah, I agree, and it's funny because I thought a lot of the folks who decided they didn't like Tom Brady and rooted against him, it was more that human nature thing about, you know, we're rooted against the guy, the coach, and the team that always wins. Right. That's always there. We want to see something different. I've been a Tom Brady fan almost since he first took over, you know, maybe within the first season after he took over for Bledsoe all those years ago. I just enjoy his style, enjoy the way he is off the field, the way he lives his life everything across the board. So when I don't have a bet against Tom Brady and I'm just a fan of the game, I normally root for Tom Brady. You know, we're just seeing something that you don't. And the guy probably will play till he's 50 if he wants. Last week I went against Tampa Bay and I had, you know, mentioned in my write-ups that I did for that game that, you know, they, they had won 10 in a row. They had scored a lot of points along the way, but they pulled an escape against Dallas in week one while getting out game. They beat a weak Atlanta team in a game that was closer than the final score indicated. And also, by the way, they led Atlanta by just over five, uh, by, by, excuse me, by uh, three points over five minutes into the fourth quarter. And they benefited from a pair of pick sixes in that game in the final eight minutes. thought the Rams were in a great spot. Uh, the Buccaneers were heavily bet. I was talking to Chuck Esposito. He's been on your show many times last week, and he was talking about how they needed the Rams so bad, almost as bad as they needed the uh, Dolphins. So I went against the Bucs. I took the Rams in that game. We got the win. In this contest, it's, I mean, they're at it again, TC. It's like, it's like the, the, the final score has already been posted. I mean, they're getting over 90% of the tickets on Tampa Bay, most of the books right now. That scares the heck out of me as a longtime better of siding with a team that's getting nine or more out of every 10 tickets that are being written. Obviously, Mac Jones has to survive. He has to learn how to not make mistakes. He's a rookie. Rookie quarterbacks are having a terrible run right now. Uh, in the NFL against the spread. Uh, But again, this line is right where I think it should be at seven. And I'm just probably not going to be interested. I haven't made a bet yet. and I probably won't. I'm not quite interested in in being part of the group that is up over 90% against the sports book. Right. You know, and again, this line, this line opened five and a half. It's now seven and a half in some books. 
Yeah, I kind of feel like you do. I would love to make a play here on the Patriots, thinking, okay, there's some value. There's there's the home field. But, again, I like Mac Jones, but I don't like him enough where I trust him at this point in time right now, you know, and especially against a veteran Tampa Bay defense. And if Tampa Bay maybe was not coming off that loss, I mean, how often do we see Tom Brady lose back-to-back weeks? So right. I agree with you. It, for me, it's a, it's just a very – it's you know the line is is where it's supposed to be. I would love to I love home dogs like this, especially with the New England defense. And if I have to pull the trigger, Scott, it's probably going to be because I'm believe the New England Patriots defense, and not the crowd, not Belichick, not all that stuff, you know. But just that the defense could maybe you know keep them in this game. Yeah, and listen, it's not that it's you know like wow, oh my gosh, everybody's on Tampa. You know, the public likes primetime standalone road favorites. There's no doubt about it. But this is crazy over the top, being over 90% of the tickets. And you're right. If, if New England can kind of slow things down a little bit, force you know, Brady to throw the football a little bit more than he wants to in the early going, they got a chance to stick around and, and maybe they get that cover. I'm with you on Mac Jones. I like Mac Jones. He's a smart guy. There's no doubt about it. He's got a good arm. And he's in the right place to be drafted and have to play as a rookie quarterback. Still question his feet. And I think if Tampa Bay with a very good – you know, front seven, if they could put pressure on Mac Jones, all of a sudden he starts making those rookie mistakes that he's made a couple of times so far this season. So I think it's a great game to watch for all of the reasons you and I have mentioned, both before the game starts, the off-the-field stuff, Brady coming home, Belichick, and the game itself, because I think we're going to learn a whole lot about the New England Patriots in this football game. We know everything about Tampa Bay, win or lose this game. We're going to learn a lot about New England. I agree. Scott Spritzer, Doc Sports, joins us. Let me ask you about a couple more NFL games Sunday, Scott. Uh, you mentioned the Rams, okay? They're a five-point favorite at home against the Cardinals. This Cardinal team, they're 3-0. and They're averaging 34 points a game, leading the NFL in points. Uh, offensively, they look pretty nice. But this Arizona defense is a little bit underrated, in, in my opinion. You know, you've got, uh, you know, Buda Baker on the backside. you got J.J. Uh, Watt up front. And, again, the Rams coming off that big emotional victory here. I personally like the Cardinals in this spot. I think they're a live dog. How do you got this? Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, the Cards, first of all, they're 9-3-1 and one against the spread as a single-digit division road dog uh, the last 13 times. And, you know, this is one of those games where if the Rams would have lost last week, I might have been looking to play on them. Uh, but because they did win, and it was such a big game, and it was like all about this is why they brought Matthew Stafford to L.A. to win those kind of games, this all of a sudden becomes a tough spot. Scary thing is it's all the way down to four, and you could have got six when it opened. In fact, I'm looking at one book on my screen outside of the state of Nevada right now, TC, that has dropped it all the way to three and a half. So if you didn't get it at six, you're obviously down to three and a half, four. You've lost some value in this one. But my thought was, as long as it was over three, I thought if you were going to play this game at all, Arizona would be the side. You mentioned their defense. Listen, they only gave up 12 points last week. I know the scoreboard says 19, but, you know, you had that seven points that was gained off the missed 68-yard field goal and run back for a touchdown. But, again, when you are a team, I don't think I've mentioned this on your show before, and some, I forget what handicapper pointed this out to me a while back, but when you were on a team that upset the defending Super Bowl champions, you've only covered 24 of the last 61 times when facing a division rival the very next week. That, that game when you beat or you know, pull an upset against the Super Bowl champs, boy, that usually takes so much out of a team. So 
All of those situations, all of the spots for those of us who are spot players are looking to look at Arizona to maybe even win the game outright. All right. Raiders traveling to the Chargers, but it's going to be more like a home game for the Raiders, probably SoFi Stadium there. Chargers favored by three. Chargers playing some great ball. We're going to know a lot about the Raiders after this game as well, too. Justin Herbert, they go into Kansas City, and they take care of the Chiefs at Arrowhead last week. Any thoughts on this game, Scott? Yeah, this one's come down to three in a lot of books, but there's still three and a half out there. That's one of those games where I say if you like the Chargers, you shop for the three. If you like the Raiders, you shop for the three and a half because there's plenty of both to be had out there, and you should have a hard time finding it. But uh, listen, you know, I, I'm 2-0 and in Raiders games. We played on them in their win over Baltimore in the opening week and, and got that sp- – and then last week, of course, I played against them, played on Miami and got a fortunate win, but a win nonetheless. Of course, Miami blowing a two-touchdown lead but getting the cover in overtime. So we're 2-0 and in Raiders games, and I did play this game. I took the three-and-a-half with the Raiders. Uh, the Chargers were able to knock off KC last week you know, on the road, but they're going to face a defense that's playing better football than KC's in this case on Monday night. They're also going to face Derek Carr, who has not only been tremendous in 2021 with his passing stats, but TC's not making those costly mistakes that we've seen out of Carr in the past. In fact, he's not making many mistakes at all. Raiders and Gruden, what? They've covered six of the last seven Monday night games. They just did a couple of weeks ago. Just survived a perfect go-against spot with that straight-up win over Miami. Chargers have been a money pit at home as home chalk. I, I took the three-and-a-half. I think that's still you know, a good play. You can run out there and find three-and-a-half. I'm a believer in the Raiders right now, and I think the Chargers are slightly overvalued off a win against a mistake-prone Kansas City team. All right, real quick, let's move over to college, Scott. And we've got a game tomorrow night, and a good friend, Tim Brando, who's going to be on the call, he joined us earlier in the program talking about Iowa and Maryland, both teams 4-0. And uh, the, the Big Ten definitely has changed a little bit. Uh, we got uh, These two teams are undefeated. They're both sitting at the top right now. We've got you know, Tua's little brother quarterbacking for Maryland, and Iowa's a three-point choice. Iowa's looked really good, especially when they blew out Iowa State earlier this year. Give me some thoughts, Iowa-Maryland tomorrow night. Yeah, I tell you what, there's two teams that I kind of missed on back in June, July when I was doing my preseason ratings, and one of those teams happens to be the Maryland Terrapins. They are a little bit better than I thought they were going to be. Of course, you're now if you like Maryland, you're getting fewer points than you would have had if this game was played a week ago, and that makes it tough. I have Iowa winning this game by six points. I think a good four- to seven-point win is probably in store. And if it lands on four, then you're right there with the field goal being the point spread difference in this one. So that's kind of tough. Uh, Iowa's been really good as an away favorite over the last eight or nine years. Tremendous. I mean, if you play against them when they're on the road and they're chalk, I mean, you're basically no longer betting. They've taken your bankroll. There's no doubt about that. Uh, they're always prepared well under Ferentz for the entire time he's been there. Uh, and here's the thing. If you're going to beat Iowa, you better be able to run the football. We'll see if Maryland can. But at minus three, I can't back Maryland. It's a lean on Iowa or nothing. Right. All right. Some other good college games on Saturday. Arkansas, Georgia. Georgia favored by 18. Ole Miss, Alabama. The Tide, 14 and a half. We've got Cincinnati at Notre Dame. Bearcats, a road favorite. And then we've got Michigan at Wisconsin. Uh, any, any thoughts of any of those games or anything else stand out on the board for you, Scott? 
Yeah, a little bit on each of them, but I'm probably going to surprise some people and say that I laid the lumber with Georgia when it dropped to 18, which was overnight, and I jumped on them this morning as a small play. Uh, the schedule maker didn't do the hogs any favors, obviously. They get the win over A&M last week, and they get to celebrate for 38 seconds and have to get ready for arguably the best team in college football along with Alabama. So, And, and also, I always tell people, like as, as I've talked about this game this week, you know, we got to be honest about that A&M offense. I mean, they're not good. We saw that in Colorado opening week or whatever it was, and the Hogs went up against a weak A&M offense. They did the job, give him credit. Sam Pittman, he was the offensive line coach at Georgia. Of course, he's now the head coach at Arkansas. So, you know, there's a thing or two about the personnel. What this came down to me, though, TC, uh, I'm concerned with K.J. Jefferson's accuracy. He's less than a 60% passer, and now he's got to face the best defense in college football, not only from a player and talent standpoint, but from a coaching standpoint. And I don't think Arkansas's defense has seen a quarterback like J.T. Daniels, who, by the way, is expected to be fine uh, by all reports and indications. I think Georgia slows down the playmakers of the Arkansas offensive backfield, and I think they slowly move away from the Hogs in this game. So and it's scary, man. You see that 18, you're like, boy, Arkansas has played pretty well. Right. But I like Georgia to cover this one. All right. There he is, Scott Spritzer, Doc Sports. You can go check out DocSports.com for Scott's plays. Fantastic. And, of course, always love having him on the show and, of course, participating in our Best Bets segment as well every week. Uh, too. So, all right, man. Uh, good luck to you this weekend. I know you're probably still playing some baseball. We'll start looking to the postseason. Next week we have you on. We'll start talking a little playoff baseball. we got wild card action and ALDS, NLDS all coming too next week. And real quickly, TC, we got a Bundesliga team in easily today with Leverkusen. Oh, uh, Leverkusen! Four, nil. Just an ugly, ugly performance by Celtic. And uh, we only had to lay like a buck 20 in that game. Yeah, it warms my heart when you bet, bet on the German teams. I, I love it. There you go, my friend. <laughs> I love it. Good stuff. All right, Scott, appreciate you, brother. Great stuff. Take care, man. All right, Have there it is. Scott Spritzer, Doc Sports. All right, appreciate Scott for joining us today as well as Timmy B. Tim Brando will be on the call tomorrow night for Iowa at Maryland on Fox Sports 1. D'Lo Brown in the house as well, too, today. Appreciate the former WWE superstar now with Impact Wrestling. And again, uh, Impact coming your way here next month at Samstown Live. So appreciate everyone for joining us. And, of course, big shout-out to my man, Ballpark Frank, who uh, joined us early on today. Great hearing from him. Sounds very, very good. Continued thoughts and prayers as uh, Frank is uh, doing chemotherapy in the uh, in the hospital here in town. So uh, we'll keep, uh, keep our thoughts and prayers for him and uh, continue to hear from Frank on a regular basis until he gets back here in the chair next to me full time. Speaking of that, tomorrow, come out and join us at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas, 2 o'clock. We'll handicap it all for you. Me, Double B, Brian Benowitz, Showtime Sean Porter in the house as he gets ready for his huge welterweight championship bout against Terrence Crawford coming up on November 20th. Come out, see the show live at the Cosmopolitan in Las Vegas tomorrow. If you miss any part of the show, go to the website. It's all there for you at tcmartinshow.com. Aces in action tonight, game two at the Mandalay Bay. We'll recap that tomorrow as well.